Genre. Welcome back to Rocky Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Rocky one minute at a time. I'm Doug Greenberg. And I'm Jason Haynes. Joining us this week, we have writer and co-executive oh. producer of Star Trek Discovery, Ted Sullivan. Nice to be here. Thanks, guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, man. I know you're busy with the new show, and it really means a lot that you can take some time out uh, to talk Rocky with us. Well, it's... Uh one of my favorite things on the whole planet. So uh, it was not very hard to twist my arm to come on here and do that. Oh, well, that's good news. Good news. Uh, today, we're knocking out minute 56, which begins with Rocky handing the secretary a business card. And it ends with Rocky beginning his campaign speech on why he'd make a good sparring partner. Uh, my, my internet is not loading anything. <laughs> Speaking of knocking things out, I'm ready to knock this computer right out into the, to the yard. Uh, well, one thing I'll say while we're waiting for you to catch up to the 21st century uh, <laughs> <laughs> on your on your AOL dial-up dial that you've got, um, you know, it, it's funny that you guys sent me these to talk about because uh, the minutes we're going to be talking about are, I, I think, for most people, not minutes they think about for this movie, um, like standout moments, but. Ironically, they are the most meaningful scenes for me in the movie. They're the ones I connect really? with the most emotionally, uh, the most I identify with, as, especially as when I was starting out and trying to be a writer, getting into the industry and going into meeting after meeting and cap in hand and begging for jobs. And this feels so authentic for me. Um, and I think it's also representative of some of the most elegant writing in the entire movie uh, and some of the most intelligent filmmaking. There's some really incredible um, stuff that happens both visually uh, editing wise and framing wise in the, in these sequences, which I think are um, phenomenal. I, I definitely agree with the, the visuals here. Cause I, I got a few notes on, on some of the uh, things that happen in these block of minutes, but yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Definitely it's also representative of, of where, uh, Stallone was in his career, uh, how much he was struggling. And I'm sure you guys know about him uh, he, he turning down offers to sell it because he wanted to star in it. And and yeah, yeah. Uh, and you can feel all the frustration in his life and in his career and him stalling out and feeling like missed opportunity after missed opportunity. And it all comes through in this sequence. And it's it's really, really elegant, uh, and people forget because he he became such a a big Hollywood uh, iconic movie star that he, they forget how intelligent a writer he was and how nuanced a, an actor he was. This is some of the best acting in the whole movie here. Yeah, and, and he said uh, he wasn't sure that he can pull this character off either. As much as he you know demanded to act in it, he didn't know he wasn't positive he could do it and he looks like a like a seasoned veteran here but but that it's also brilliant i mean what you're just saying is that he 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 tapped into what he was feeling both as a writer and as an actor so that insecurity as an actor is what rocky is supposed to be feeling at this point so that's great <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to write what you know and and, and act and, and use your own emotions and your own backstory and your own history to kind of inform your performance so it's really brilliant 
Yeah, it's like, uh, what is it? Life becomes art, or exactly, life, yeah, life, uh, imitates art. Life imitates art. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So um, last week, Rocky, you know, we started beginning a Rocky walking into the set, uh, into uh, Mr. Jurgen's office. Uh, today we start off with the, um, the secretary asking if she can help him. Uh, he hands her the business card he was given given by Mickey, and she she's expecting him. Oh, you must be Mr. Balboa. Uh, Mr. Rocky Balboa. Do uh, you think he's ever been called Mr. before? It's brilliant. I mean, that's a such, that's what I mean about the writing. This is everything about this first shot is unusual in the movie so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything is well organized. I mean, we've only seen him in dirty bars and sweaty gyms and pet stores and bathrooms with broken mirrors. And now he's in an office with wood paneling and all the <laughs> pictures are framed in, in perfect order. And then when he moves into position, the, 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 um, the lamp kind of blocks him. Like the office kind of overpowers him. And then to have the secretary say, Mr. Rocky, he's never been called Mr. Rocky Balboa yeah. in his life. Right. Everything reminds you that it's a fish out of water moment. I mean, he literally even comes in after a few moments into it, cap in hand. I mean, he's literally holding his cap in hand. It's mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's really quite brilliant. Jay? Yeah, it's a good scene. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, um, thing, the thing I notice uh, is, like you said, in, in, the, in the bar, uh, in the pet shop, in the gym, him dressed the way he's dressed with the dirty sweatshirt mm-hmm. on. And the- we could have dressed up a little nicer for this. Yeah. <laughs> But but also he he thinks he's going in just to be a sparring partner. He right. doesn't he doesn't yeah. understand the magnitude of what's happening here yet. So. He fits in all those other places though. He he definitely sticks out like a sore thumb standing in front of Madam's secretary. And he looks awkward, you know, yes. just uh, without a doubt, fish out of water, like you just said. Yeah, he doesn't say anything. He just hands her the business card, and it's all crumpled up, like folded <laughs> up, like he didn't, he didn't even right. take care of it nicely. And, and and it's also he he asked for it back. You yeah, know, which, which, is, which is which is so great. Like, no, 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 that's mine. He gave that to me. Give it back to me. And then he also yeah. he shifts on his feet like a little kid who's uh-huh. been practicing the presentation he's going to make in front of the class. So it's it's a really nuanced, subtle performance that makes you immediately root for him in this moment to to succeed. Yeah, I have more than one instance in my notes where I I say like his. Um, Demeanor is childlike. Yeah. Yes. What I was going to say is the other thing that really works so well about this script as a whole and this sequence in particular is Stallone didn't write about trying to be an actor making it in Hollywood. He found mm-hmm. a way to set it in a much more blue-collar, all-American town, Philadelphia. He he tapped into what was happening in the country at the time, which was a, a, a devastating, a crippling recession. And mm-hmm. Unemployment was rampant. Everyone felt like they were being left behind by the American dream. And we're at the mercy of these fat cats who were pulling the strings. And mm-hmm. so like Rocky is us. He's, he's walking uh, into a job interview, just like everyone felt there feeling like he didn't have really a shot. And he's walking right into the fat cat's office. Uh, and, and so suddenly be, there, there's, there's also a, an element of he's us. We're, we're, we're Rocky. And we're suddenly now really, really rooting for him. And this is a guy we saw almost break a guy's thumbs before. This is a guy who works for like a, a low-level mobster. But now he's kind of one of us. 
Yeah, I mean, he he looks like anybody who's ever gone for their first job interview, or yes. you know, he's just uh, sitting awkwardly in the chair. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it, it's great. And then when he gets told to go in to meet Mister Jurgen, it's like going into the devil's lair. I mean, when the door opens, Jurgen's already standing in yeah. perfect position. He looks like Satan. He even has like a little red carnation on his jacket. Yeah. And so that he's going into the devil's lair and it's, and, and, and so we, on a subtle level, we know, oh, this guy wants him to sign his soul away. It's, it's, it's brilliant. It's almost, it's when, when Jurgen's kind of like appears uh, once Rocky walks into the office, it's a little startling. Yes. Like, how did he get there? Yes, exactly. Like he's just been waiting, like he just poof, he's the devil and he's, he's there. Great. And, you know, Thayer David is a way overlooked uh, actor in this movie. Um, he, he was a character actor who did like, I don't know, like 200 episodes. Do you, do you remember the horror um, soap opera Dark Shadows? I don't it was, know. It was like a vampire. <laughs> Before it was, my time. Right. It was in the 70s and it was, it was this vampire uh, soap opera. And he was he was on that. Uh, they remade it recently with Johnny Depp, um, a Tim Burton movie. But they it was this. He had the he, he had this sinister persona that audiences kind of immediately recognized, uh, who hides behind a smile and a handshake. And it, that's it's another example of excellent casting. And and he only has like four scenes in the movie, but they're really key key roles. They are. And watching it, watching the movie recently, um, once once we decided to do this project, I, I looked at Jurgens in a different light because I always thought he was, you know, he was just doing his job. He was, you know, an, uh, say a nice guy for giving Rocky this chance, but he's he's not. He's 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 a con man. He's a patronizing asshole. Oh, absolutely. And and, and I think it's really when I was a kid, I used to wonder why doesn't Apollo make the offer. Uh, but it's because Apollo's not the bad guy in this movie. Right. He's, he, Apollo actually represents the American dream, and Apollo represents who Rocky wants to be. Jurgen represents the fat cat, mm-hmm. you know, the the guy pulling the strings. So yeah. he has to make the the offer because his offer is a lot more sinister. Yeah. It's, it's 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 really. As a kid, I didn't get that, but as an adult watching, I go, "It has to be Jurgen," and that, that's why it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent agree. And, I, and I'm just noticing that after seeing this movie, I can't tell you how many times. It's what's so fascinating about this movie. I've probably seen this movie, I don't know, a couple hundred times in my in my, in my life. And this last time, just looking through these scenes, I noticed things I never noticed. I never noticed the red carnation on him. Yeah, um, that's incredible. You know, and 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 the framing of him in that doorway. It's like he's already standing. He's not moving. He's. It's like he's mm-hmm. always been standing there. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's really really cool. Um, uh, he, he wears the red carnation the first time we see him when he's talking with Apollo in the office earlier. Right. And I'm, it's just his thing, I guess. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure it's also like they shot all of these in the span of like six hours in one day. You know, but um, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, it's it's also interesting when you go into um, into the scene, you know, like when when you go because uh, this has all been one shot, and and the the first edit is when we now move inside the room, 
um, in the scene, which is interesting in itself. Uh, And as the door closes on Rocky, and you know, in Western culture, when a character moves from left to right, we're much more comfortable with that. So that's usually where you put the hero and the villain is on the other side and the villain moves from right to left. That's why if you look at, uh, if you look at like Star Wars, like any of the Star Wars movies, the rebels are always moving from from left to right and the stormtroopers are always moving from right to left because it's just that's how our mind kind of registers like good guys and bad guys i, I have uh, and, never never heard anything like that before that's yeah it's, it's it's kind of a cool little subtle thing that they're doing here um but it's but it's also really interesting because this scene they come together and they look the same size they're at the same you know they shake hands and all that and then the very first thing that happens is he says, have a seat. And he takes yeah. control of the scene. And then suddenly he's towering over Rocky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He puts Rocky you in know. a vulnerable spot of sitting it, down. And, and, and it's such a, it's such an interesting, the, the frame doesn't move. There's no edit or anything like that. It's just, it's, it, it's, it's all within camera and it's brilliant direction. I mean, this, this is, this is really smart artistic direction, which you're not registering, but your brain is kind of feeling it. Your, your gut is feeling it. Yeah. I, you know, I, all these, these little camera tropes I've never noticed before. And that, now that you mention it, yeah. Like when Rocky sits down, he mm-hmm. stands pretty much right next to him, looking down on him, like exactly looking down at Rocky. Wow. And the, and the way the camera is, it's you know below Rocky a little bit, looking up. So like Jergens is also looking down at us as well, so we can get that point of view of seeing him, you know, the devil himself here towering over me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, before we even get to that edit, what's interesting is Rocky tries to get a little bit of power back, and he says, "Call me Rocky." You know, like that's a he's he's, he's saying, "I'm not Mr. Balboa," and that also reminds the audience, you know, like he's one of us we're not mr we're not mr we're rocky we're you know tony we're we're whoever we are um and 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 he has a little bit of power but then he loses it again because he has to admit no i got no management it's just me he's you know so again he's just just him in the corner by himself and he's one of us it's it's every little detail in this scene just helps drive home the point that this is a root for this is this is a guy who represents everyone sitting in that theater hoping that he's going to get a shot. Um, Mr. Jurgens introduces himself as George Jurgens. Mm-hmm, right. He's been referenced as Miles Jurgens by Mickey. Mm-hmm. Well, he's been Miles Jurgens the whole time up till right now. This is the first time he calls himself George. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that a mistake? Is that- I, I they said. I read somewhere that it was uh, his actual name was George Jurgens and Miles was a nickname, but I don't know how. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm looking for. Sounds like a, <laughs> I don't know about retcon. that. I, yes, yeah. that sounds like a retcon to me. That sounds like an absolute retcon. Absolutely. Uh, you I'm know, buying it. <laughs> <laughs> the, what's what's also really cool about this scene? I love what. Um, but I, I used to be an editor back in before I got into writing. And one of the things that I love are what we call motivated edits uh, in modern filmmaking, you know, like a Michael Bay movie, there's an edit every 1.5 seconds. It's like a music video and, yeah. the, and the edits don't really mean anything, but th- this movie, each edit is a motivated edit. 
The only, the first time we have a cut in this scene is when he goes, you're looking for a sparring partner. You know, like he's, he, it, it's a new piece of information and we move closer so that we can see Jurgen kind of turn around like, what, what are you yeah, talking about? Surprise, surprise reaction to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and for a moment, if you look at it, Rocky has all the power in the scene and Jurgen is suddenly small because Jurgen realizes like, I don't know, this guy doesn't know why he's here. He's not, he's not savvy. Uh, this, this isn't going to be a regular business dealing. This is a, a different new piece of information. And you, he even like rubs his chin, listening to Rocky. Like he's trying to figure this guy out. Like, who is he? I wonder what he was, who he was expecting to walk through the door. We reached out, you know, like, what do you expect Rocky to be? Well, I think part of, part of the issue here is that um, Rocky thinks he's going to be sparring, you know, mm-hmm. if, a sparring partner. If Rocky thought that this was a meeting to discuss him fighting for the heavyweight championship of the world, he, it would affect him differently. He wouldn't come in with this nonchalant, right. you know, it, there'd be a lot more pressure on him and this would be a little more intense and he, he would act differently. But at the same time, Jurgens doesn't know that Rocky thinks this is just for sparring. So they don't really know what each other's angle is yet at this moment. And like you said, like with the hand on the chin, like Jurgens is trying to figure out Rocky. Rocky's trying to figure out what's going on here. What am I doing here? Like it's neither one of them knows what the other one is doing there. I I think. Yeah. He's definitely sizing him up. He's trying to figure. And, but, but it's also interesting. Rocky won't look at him. He just keeps staring forward. You know, he feels I'm not worthy to look at Mr. Jurgen, which is, which is another interesting choice, both from direction and acting working together to tell this story. It's a, I think it's next. Yeah, it is next minute. I got a couple of notes on that, but yes, he, he's just looking straight ahead Mm -hmm. again. It's one of those childlike, um, I don't know. (laughs) The hell am I trying to say? Childlike. He just (laughs) Well, he is, but he also is like a kid who thinks he's been called to the principal's office and maybe he's going to get in trouble, you know, like, you know, because he just assumes I'm always in trouble. (laughs) <laughs> and he's, you know, as he calls himself a ham and egger talking to a guy in a suit. Oh, right. Jumping ahead. I know, I know. Stop. <laughs> save it, save it. Jesus. But it, it, it's also interesting to note there's no music in this sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they don't, they, they don't, they hold back on stuff like editing, a lot of camera movements. Like every one of these camera shots are stills. Um, you know, it, this is an awkward job interview that, that we are all identifying with. And they don't need to push emotion with music and tricks like that because they save that for for moments when you do need it, when he's struggling to go up the stairs later in the movie or when he's deep in the ring with, with, with Apollo. All those things are – use the music for that, not here. Like, and, and, and make it feel awkward. Make it – let the air in the scene sit there just like you would in a, in a, in a regular job interview. That you think is not going well. Right, movies don't need a constant bed of music behind the action, you know, at all times. It seems like today that's what they do. They, they just throw so much at the viewer, and music is one of those things that they shove down our throats in movies today. I feel like they really do. The uh, the sitcom uh, ending of the sitcom montage where they cut through all the scenes real quick, and they had the music in the background, yeah. like Grey's Anatomy. It started like um, what was the one with the uh, Dawson's Creek is, you know, that was started then. Yeah. Now it's on every show. Yeah. They, like recap the show and everyone's emotions with the sad music in the yeah. back. Right? <laughs> it's true. Right. Um, now, do you, Miles Jurgens is probably, or George Jurgens, however you want to call him, 
been in this racket for a while. Do you think he and Mickey know each other? Oh, that's interesting. Mickey didn't. He didn't seem like he knew him when he came to drop the card off. When Mickey gave the card to Rocky in the gym. Miles Jurgens' office. Oh, so it wasn't even Jurgens himself. Was some his office? Yeah. I wonder. He doesn't know him. He's a he's a he's a promoter for the the heavyweight champion. He's got to know who he is. Yeah, because Mickey has. If Mickey has any fighters that he thinks can contend for a championship, he would have to know who the the promoter is. So he, yeah, he's got. I'm sure he knows him. Yeah, in that world, he, he, I'm sure it's one of those situations where Mick knows him, but Jargon is like, maybe he's heard of him, maybe like you know, but in would never even know if you ran him over with his car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the old school guy that never really became anything. Maybe he's exactly. the name of the past, but right, all right, yeah, I can live with that. He owns a gym down the street, kind of thing, right. Um, but yeah, this is this is a this is a really great setup, and it actually ends at an interesting point. This minute ends at an interesting point because it ends at the in the writers' room. What we call you know this is a this is a a, a turning point in the scene. You know, like this is well here's here comes the turn because Jurgen is now going to make another another move. Like his initial move was going to be this big speech that he gives, but that's not going to work on Rocky. So now he's got to he's got to change tactics to kind of draw them in a little bit. Yeah. um, Each minute up until we leave the office here is Jurgens gets more and more hateable to me. Yeah. And I'll, I'll explain more, you know, in the next, uh, the next round, but I don't know. Yeah. It it ends after Rocky says, I know you're looking for sparring partners Mm -hmm. and Jurgens, you know, with the hand on the chin, like kind of confused at what Rocky's saying. Uh, And that's, that's where today's minute ends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about it, Ted? I just, I mean, I babbled for, you know, however long we've been talking right now. But uh, uh, like I said, this is um, this is something very personal to me because I've been Rocky in this sequence. I've, I've, I've been that guy kind of coming and going like, I swear, if you just put me on the show, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll do a good job, you know. And, and, <laughs> and uh, it's, it really resonates with me. It re- it, and I, I feel it's such a, a, a real life moment. Uh, and it feels because of the lack of editing and the lack of camera movement, like you're almost watching a documentary or peeking around the corner at a, at a moment in someone's life, as opposed to watching a movie. I feel like that's a common uh, thing with Rocky fans is they look at Rocky's story as as a bit of inspiration, and they find that they've had moments in their life down and out when nothing's going your way, and you're just waiting for that one thing to break your way. I feel like that happens to a lot of people. Not me. Everything's been perfect since uh, birth, pretty much. I've been, I've been riding this wave. <laughs> oh, wow. It's pretty good. I mean, he's also just—he's purely motivated. I mean, he's just love. I mean, that's what he, he gets. He's this big hunk of love. I mean, he won't he's, even break yeah. the thumbs of the guy that he's supposed to break the thumbs right. of because he's a big softy. You know, he, he talks to his pet turtles. Yeah, you know, he's a big softy. He he is a he's like a puppy dog, you know. I mean, his <laughs> yeah, yeah. eyes look like a puppy dog, and just like you know, when a dog just wants to love you up, like <laughs> he's, he, that's what he is, and he wants Adrian to love him. Even Paulie's like, why can't you be a nice guy? You know, like like that's all he wants. He's just a he's just a good nice guy who hasn't had his break, and the world has crapped on him. Yet still, he has. He has hope, which we'll get to in a later minute. Yeah, stand by, folks, because I think something's about to go right for Rocky for once. <laughs> Jay, you got no. anything else? You guys are good today. All right, Ted, where can uh, the fine folks find find you and what you're working on? Uh, you can uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram 
at Carter Hall, uh, which is spelled weird, uh, K-A-R-T-E-R-H-O-L. And I am, uh, you can watch Star Trek Discovery on CBS All Access if you're listening in America, on Space TV in Canada, and on Netflix around the world. We're we're like Rocky. We finally got a uh, big time TV guy. (laughs) So finally broke our way. (laughs) Uh, as for us here at the Rocky Minute, uh, we are on Twitter at Rocky Minute. We have a Facebook listeners group called Mighty Mix. Uh, you can find us also on DuelingGenre.com, our host website, um, where we uh, release our episodes. And if you yes. want to stop by iTunes and you know give us a review, hopefully five stars. Uh, you know, we only definitely. accept five stars. We only accept five stars. We'll pay you for five stars. <laughs> All right, now you guys, slow down, slow down, slow down. <laughs> All right, so come back tomorrow where we continue uh, with Mr. Jurgens and Rocky, and uh, we'll see you on the next Rocky Minute.